Hey everyone, welcome to the Young and Empowered Podcast. My name is Kalina, I am the host, and today I am with someone who has been a huge inspiration and role models with me. I'm here with Ayelet Shipley. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm good, Hi. so happy to be here. You're my first interview actually on this podcast, so wow. you get to, yeah, you get to start it off. <laughs> All right, I'm excited then, I'm super honored. Awesome. So I yell it. Tell us a little bit about your backstory and what you do. Yeah. So I actually didn't start this entrepreneurial journey until about six months ago. Um, I have, I went on, I was on the normal education path. I have an undergraduate degree in, a, in psychology and I'm getting my master's degree in clinical social work. So my path has like always been to be a therapist um, and everything changed for me about six months ago when I went to the Unlock the Secrets conference by Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels, where I was opened up to the world of entrepreneurship and came to realize that I could do what I love to do of helping people just on a larger scale. So my mission uh, went from helping one-on-one to one-to-many. And I am someone that has battled depression and anxiety my whole life. And so now my life's mission is to help young people with anxiety and depression, but just through the entrepreneurial space instead of going the normal one-on-one therapy route. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And six months ago, I remember I started seeing, obviously I knew your dad and I followed your dad a lot. And then I started seeing you and you are so great at publishing and sharing your message and being vulnerable in a way that's relatable and inspires other people. And you've just been a huge inspiration to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's not always easy um, being vulnerable all the time, but it's, I know it's for the benefit of others too. Uh, So that's really why I do it is that it can help other people and inspire them to be vulnerable and share their stories as well. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So at what age did you realize that you struggled with depression and anxiety? Um, I started struggling with anxiety probably when I was 13. And then I had had a, a, my first full major depressive episode was when I was 16. So I'm 23 now. So 10 years anxiety, a little less depression. Gotcha. Give or take. Gotcha. Were you nervous to tell people about it? Yeah. So I was, I'm the type of person that was always very private. I only told my close friends and my family. Um, they actually were like a huge support, especially in undergrad, but it wasn't something I told publicly. Like I always say why this is why I do what I do now is because I think it's a huge part of me and I didn't like sharing. It was like a massive anxiety for me to share. For sure. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to tell anyone. Like I live in New York city and like, you don't want to tell a date you're going on. You don't want to tell a coworker. Right. It's like, it's almost shameful. Right. For sure. How did you approach telling your parents about it? So I was never nervous to tell my parents. Um, they kind of noticed this. My mom is a therapist. Um, and so they kind of noticed all the signs. They knew that I was a pretty anxious person. Um, but we didn't really do anything about it. And then when I was 16 and had my major depressive episode, my mom was the one who recognized the symptoms immediately and was like, all right, let's, let's get you some help because this is not a place to be in. So I wasn't nervous to tell them at all. Gotcha. Um, what advice would you have or would you give to someone that is 
um, like a younger person that is struggling with mental health and they want to tell their parents about it, but they don't know how to, how would you like approach that? Yeah, I think I would, um, I think it's really important to make it about yourself because parents tend to blame themselves for even things that you go through, which have nothing to do with them and just sit them down and be like mom or dad or, or whatnot. I've been feeling you go based on your feelings. Like I've been feeling all of these things and I've been doing a lot of research and I think I have anxiety or I have depression and just make it be like, I really wanted to tell you because I want to include you in this. And I feel like you're an important person in my life that, that needs to know and can help me get, get some help from this and just come to the point of like, do you know of anything I can do? Can you help me with this? Because it's not something to be ashamed of. And if you bring them in, it's not just like, I have anxiety. Like that can be a little harsh. Just be like, I don't really know how I'm feeling about all of this. And it makes them more comfortable too. Gotcha. And what is your opinion on the rise of depression and anxiety and mental health issues in people under the age of 21? Do you think it's really becoming more of an issue or do you think we're just recognizing it more in people now? Um, I think it's both. I think that social media is a huge source of anxiety for so many people. It was even for me. Absolutely. Um, the pressure to look perfect all the time, to put out the right filters on your Instagrams, like the silly little things that you see, you only see the perfect side of someone's life on social media. And I think that's a huge pressure to look perfect and to be perfect and to not, to feel a certain way. So I think that's where a lot of the rise of anxiety and depression comes from too. But it's also, we are progressing in a society where we recognize mental health issues. So I think it's just a matter of both. Gotcha. And right along on that topic, um, do you think that, how big of a role do you think social media plays in all of it? And how do you, would you suggest more spending less time on social media or do you have ways that you found to be on social media and have it affect your mental health less? Yeah. So I don't think, um, well, I think so. Social media plays a massive role in the rise of anxiety and depression, like just massive because of what I was just saying before. So I think, I mean, I know you did this, um, unfollowing the people that aren't serving you in the best way is, uh, is like a huge tool for me that I've done. And I haven't, I haven't taken out like following, unfollowing all of my friends, but I've definitely like, I followed, I've unfollowed every single influencer account that doesn't serve me in a way to make me feel good about myself or the world around me. And people say that's like naive, like you should like let in everything, but no, like the things you let into your brain are what your brain is picking up. And you only have so much capacity that your brain can, that your brain can process. So why are you letting those things in that aren't helping that? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that struggles with mental health are caused by a certain situation or environment or mindset, or do you think it's more genetic? Um, we talk about this cause I'm in school to be a therapist all the time. Um, there's no such thing as one specific answer. Okay. The, you can have a biological component that all of a sudden can be triggered by a situation. You can be in a situation that then that happens. It can be completely situational. I happen to believe that I have a biological component um, to it. I, there's a genetic component for me, and then situations exasperate or don't, but sometimes it happens for no reason. 
So I don't think it's necessarily one or the other. I think we now the, a therapist takes an approach of biological, psychological, and social. So you're always looking at all three. It's never just one. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what's your opinion on medicating for mental health? Do you think that natural remedies are better or do you believe that medication and um, that route is better? It depends on the person. Like I can't speak for everyone because I know a lot of people have found natural remedies to cope with their depression and anxiety. I, however, am, am on an antidepressant. I am and have been since I was 21 because it, the depression became so severe and not situational that it was like, there's a huge, I have also a hormonal imbalance. Like I've gone to every doctor, gone to every test. Um, I don't produce a certain hormone to give me what I need. So I need to take a medicine and same with like gotcha. serotonin. I just don't produce enough, but that's not to say like your body can't be hacked with natural remedies as well. It's just about the what you're dealing with, the situation you're in, and, and who you are. Gotcha. For sure. Absolutely. What is something that has helped you deal with your depression and anxiety? Something that has helped me so much is literally letting other people know. Really? And telling – like the last six to seven months, I've felt the least amount of anxiety, and I have not had a depressive episode. Um, I think it, it's coming from telling my truth and sharing, sharing my story um, where it doesn't feel like it's like this, I'm not tied to anything. Like my arms aren't against my chest. Like I used to feel like it was such a secret and that I couldn't feel it. It's just not appropriate to allowing myself the ability to say like, I have this yep. and share my story yep. that has just released me and allowed me to step into the person I can become. So I think sharing and letting, letting those people in, um, it's really hard to let people in. I struggle with it still, but I know that when I do it, those are the times that it becomes the easiest for me. And when you say letting people in and sharing your story, is that more like your close circle, like your friends and your family, or is that social media as well? That's a tough one because I now do it on social media and put my life on blast, but I only did that after I had have been going to therapy and learned the skills to cope with it. So everyone says like, share your scars, not your open wounds, because when it's an open wound still, that's when it's not necessarily safe for yourself to share. Your brain is a protection mechanism. All it does is protect you. So if you're, you're sharing all of this stuff, you haven't kind of dealt with it yet. We call it flooding. Gotcha. And it's not good. It's not good for your, for yourself as a person. However, I think the start of it is starting to share with those close friends and family. And then if you want to help people or you want to let it out into the world, then hundred percent use social media. I just think it's a matter of make sure that you're okay first before you start telling the entire world. Gotcha. And how do you walk that line of sharing your story? If you want to share your story on social media versus like oversharing, because you do this in such a great way where obviously like people can relate to you, but I know there's some people who they share so much and they do it in a way that's uh, like almost victimizing to themselves. And so how do you walk that line of being vulnerable, but not turning yourself into a victim? Because I use vulnerability as a tool to help other people. 
Gotcha. As I'm doing it in a therapist perspective that like I'm sharing my story to help someone else. So if, if it's not going to serve them, I'm not going to share it. And I think that's where you're able to walk the line of, you have to always ask yourself, is this going to serve the people I'm trying to help? And when it doesn't, then it's just about you and it's selfish. And like, I, I could bash myself. I could bash other people, um, in my journey that I've been on in these 10 years, but that's not going to help anyone. So I really stick to the stories that I, I know are going to help other people as well as myself, but I'm just pretty careful about it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And so kind of on that topic of like sharing your story with other people, let's say you have someone in your life that you think could be struggling with depression and anxiety or mental health issues. How would you approach helping them and like opening up that kind of loophole or conversation to maybe try and help them? Yeah, this is, this is also a tough one because I've been in this situation before and it never gets easier every time you do it. Um, you have to approach no matter what with love and care and concern and, and questions and allowing them to own their own story and their own version of it because people can only be helped if they want to be helped. I've had to learn that lesson the hard way too. And so it has to come from a place of like questioning, being like, hey, like, are you feeling this way? Like, I've been doing some research about this and that. And like, I've been seeing you're kind of doing this. Like, do you feel a certain way? Like, I love you so much. I just want to make sure that you're the best version of yourself. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. So what do you think is a huge misconception about mental health and depression and anxiety? That it's a negative and that it only serves you poorly because I've come to learn that they're almost like depression and anxiety are like my superpower. So like depression, just an example, depression, though it sucked and it, I wished I didn't have it, like looking at what it does for me is amazing. It allows me to connect to people on a different level. Like I'm so empathic. Um, and I think that comes from experiencing my depression yep. and anxiety allows you to think faster sometimes. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're anxious, you're thinking so fast and it allows me to, when I'm not like super anxious too. So there's not always bad sides to both. And I, that's why I don't call it mental illness ever. Like, especially depression, and anxiety. Um, I call it mental health, like disparities or just like I'm going through some mental health struggles. Yeah. Otherwise it sounds like it can't, it can't be, it sounds like you need to be fixed. And I don't believe it's something that needs to be fixed. Just something you need to learn to deal to, to work with. Right. I totally agree with that. And that's one of the things I've learned in dealing with depression and anxiety myself is even though anxiety is not fun and it's super uncomfortable, I've learned that my anxiety is one of my biggest motivators to get me to go places and to Mm -hmm. get me moving in life. And so I totally agree with that and the whole concept that maybe looking at things from a different angle, like depression and anxiety aren't always bad, like you said. Absolutely. Is there any one takeaway that you have or life lesson that you have learned in dealing with depression and anxiety? I've kind of said it already, but if you're not going to allow someone in, into like if you're allowing someone into your life, let them see all of it. This doesn't mean like throw it out there, like I struggle with this, like go all in. But let them see you for who you are because it's not something to be ashamed of. And I I think I went into a lot of like friendships and relationships 
not authentically me and -hmm. showing that side. So when I wasn't perfect that one day or when I wasn't like, I wasn't totally up in my mood, they're like, what's wrong with you? And I don't think it was authentically who I was. So now I'm, I'm pretty blunt about just like saying like, there are all these different parts of me and that's how it is. And like, if you love me, you love me. If you don't, you don't, but I will show up authentically myself with the struggles that I go through because it's not fair to the other person too, like a friend or a boyfriend or girlfriend, you can't like all of a sudden one day you're just a totally different person and you don't even give them like a fair warning of something. This is something you might struggle with and it's not fair to the other person either. So I think show up authentically you is what I would say. Awesome. And like we talked about, there's been this rise in mental health awareness recently, like over the past five years. And do you think that's a positive thing or do you think that it might actually be triggering more people? Because I know we talked about um, like there's some online support groups for people who that have anxiety, but sometimes when you're in those support groups and you see those people venting or talking or sharing their anxiety stories, it actually triggers you more. So do you think the the more like mental health awareness movement movement is triggering or do you think it's a positive thing? I think the fact that there is so much awareness is super positive. The thing is with, with all of these awarenesses, there's going to come, there's going to be an up and a down. Like when the rise of diagnosis of autism started to come around, like everyone was over-diagnosing with autism when that's truly not the presenting case. Yep. And people will over-medicate with ADHD. When the rise of ADHD came out, like people were like medicate and that's not always the answer. So I think there's always going to be downsides. Like people are going to overdiagnose with depression, anxiety when like could just be a mood for a day. Yeah. Um, but at least it is bringing light to those voices that didn't have a voice before. And yeah, like I think people just aren't necessarily always going to deal with it in the right way. So like groups where you're being re-triggered aren't the place for you. And that's happening a lot we see. And I, I just know that like my mission in life is to help that not happen. Mm -hmm. So helping people to, to learn and to have a community just in a different way where you're not re-triggering people is it's got that rise is going to come. It's just that we're at such an awareness that people are like, let's help in every way we can when it's not necessarily the right way. Still a good thing because there is light to those voices that they didn't have before, but and that I didn't have before, but it's just now about figuring out the right path for it. Awesome. That was a really, really great answer. That was awesome. And for all the young people out there that um, have seen these movements and these mental health like awareness rises, and they think that th- they, may- they might be struggling with anxiety and depression, but they don't know, how would you suggest them like finding out more about it and seeing if they do have depression and anxiety. How do you go about that? I mean, the, like the problem is as, as a kid, you, you need your parents' permission to go to like, to go to the doctor and stuff like that. Right. There's a confidentiality thing. Um, so I would say the first step is kind of, you have to talk to your parents and see if they're willing to take you to, to a therapist to talk to someone about it. Um, I think therapy is huge. I mean, I've gone through it. I'm going to be a therapist, um, not necessarily in the formal sense, but it's made a huge difference in my life. And 
and trying to figure all those pieces out alone is definitely not the answer. So if you can talk to like someone you trust, like an adult, that might be the first step in figuring things out. And that adult might've gone through it too and might be able to like relate to it. So you just kind of have to start asking the questions because feeling like you're alone is the worst feeling and that'll send you into the worst depression of your life. Feeling alone is the antithesis of what our brains crave. Our brains crave joy, love, and connectedness. And when you're not feeling any of those things, that's when you spiral. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. So right on that topic, if there was one thing you could say to a young person that struggles with depression and anxiety, what would you tell them? That they're not alone. They're not alone. That there are so many people in this world struggling and that they like that they don't have to go through it alone and they can tell someone else because the likelihood is that the person sitting next to you is probably struggling with the same thing. And when I thought I was alone and thought it was super weird that I was going through all of this, feeling alone was the worst feeling until I told someone. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. So last question, what do you think is the number one factor into um, overcoming your depression and anxiety? Depression and anxiety are a little bit different. So anxiety, I think it's about learning the coping mechanisms and they're, they're not hard. It's about like changing your thought patterns, which sounds really hard, but it's really not. It's learning the skills that you can take every single day and apply it to yourself. Um, a skill that like I get super anxious in the morning and I know like the way to combat is that I do like my, my, gratitude journal. I have that in quotation marks because it's on my phone, but I don't scroll through social media first. I put down like three things that'll make the day good. One accomplishment for the day that I want. And like one thing that I'm in, like three things that are, make me super grateful. And that starts off my day in a better note. So it's like learning the little skills to combat the bigger picture is what gotcha. helps you to, to cope with anxiety and same with depression. It's just a different path. Gotcha. Awesome. This has been awesome. This has been a super enlightening interview, Ayala. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And if people want to connect with you or get some of your tools, uh, where what would you suggest doing? So I post my life on social media, like I post everything. Um, so you could follow me. My Instagram is Ayala underscore Shipley, and I'm awesome. authentically and vulnerably myself. Um, and my podcast, which I talk about all of this stuff on, is called Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. That's on in, that's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Awesome. And then my toolbox that I created um, is called the Anxiety Secrets Toolbox. And you just go to www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com. And that is like a workbook that has helped me so much. It's all the tools that I've learned to combat my anxiety and helps me literally every day. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody should go check those out because Ayala is doing amazing things and is changing the world. So thank you for being here, Ayala. And thank you for sharing all this wonderful knowledge. This has been awesome. Of course. I love it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I really, really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get notifications every time I upload a new episode. And make sure and follow my Instagram at Kalina Donnell. Go send me a friend request on Facebook. Check out my business Instagram at Juniorpreneur. And I will see you in the next episode.